Yo, we are back with another episode, and do not forget that this episode is powered by Transient Labs, which is an amazing Web3 company that has been changing the game with their uh, technology. Everything that they do on the blockchain has been crazy, but today we have a crazy guest with us today. We have Teji. Um, He has been an amazing creator in Web3, uh, just an overall crazy artist, and uh, I'm dying to, to jump into his creation and what he does. So Teji... I've been waiting so long to do this interview, and now you finally have some big, big stuff coming up. Um, you know, you just got off the road and whatnot, but I want to jump into, you know, what you've been doing as an artist and kind of your overall history and who you are. So just to kick it off, how have you been, brother? I have been really good. I think I've just got this, like, excitement for life right now. I feel like I'm really excited for everything going on, excited to go travel more, make new projects. And I feel like I'm in this creative mode right now where it's like I just want to keep making stuff. So I feel like I'm in a really good headspace for making, and I kind of had to overcome a lot of, like, internal challenges to, like, be at this space where I can create content, put myself out there, and it's been a long journey, but it's been so worth it. So whenever you say these internal battles, is that something that you would like to talk about? Is there like one or two things that like really stick off in your head that, you know, you've had to overcome? Yeah, definitely. I feel like when I was younger, um, I think everyone goes through it. Like you have interests and stuff when you're young and um, a lot of your friends around you or people, you know, kind of like shit on it a little bit. So I remember I would be super into one example was. I used to be like an underwater photographer. We used to take photos like waves and stuff. So I grew up at the beach and pretty much like had this a photography account called like Jet Williams Photography. I was like 11 or 12 years old. And I post my photos on Facebook, right? Um, I went by like JWP. That was my old pseudonym or whatever. And then um, I used to get like comments saying like, oh, you're never going to be a professional photographer. You need better gear. Oh, your gear sucks. Your photos are like trash. And then like even used to... um record my brother at the skate park so i actually come from like a skate scooter background that's kind of how i got into filmmaking and everything like that so just to make scooter edits of my brother um and he kind of got sponsored through that he had he was in like all the local newspapers and stuff so yeah i kind of made a lot of like skate videos and edits um and i make those videos and people comment on my videos like um oh, your videos are too shaky, like this sucks. Like, And I got these like comments from people I knew at the time when I was super young and hearing that when you're young kind of stops you from kind of putting yourself out there, you know, kind of like shuts you up. And I feel like it's taken me a long time to kind of overcome that. But it's been a lot more challenges along the road, but that's just some early ones I can think of for sure. Would you say that even now later in life that you see examples of that in Web3 or just now in your everyday life yeah for sure bro i feel like it's a consistent thing you just have to learn how to deal with the uh criticism um web3 definitely is a place where there's so much criticism as you know like founders artists like you get it from every direction you see like every founder you see i'm actually good friends with um zago he's kind of almost like a mentor i've met up with him a couple times and spoke on the phone quite a few times um, but even he, he, he's been getting slandered for the Zuki stuff, you know, same as Frank um, and everyone's kind of like copping it. You can never do anything right in Web3, it feels like. But like that's just a space. There's a lot of expectation. It's hard to meet that um, with holders and stuff. But yeah, I think it's just something you, you be, almost become, hmm, what's the word? Desensitized to once you hear so much stuff 
at first it's kind of like a shock seeing that and then eventually you kind of just learn learn to deal with it and know it's part of the, the game mm. i agree i agree and mm. it's it's been very hard to navigate the web3 space a little bit sometimes just because i feel like mm. there are a lot of judgmental characters but you know it it builds some tough skin some thick skin and um you know mm. I can't complain. So, but you've been an artist, I feel like, for a while now. Let's jump down to the history of it. When did, now you said you did scooter edits and stuff. When did you really know that you wanted to be an artist or like really take it to that next level to what you're creating now with your whole universe? Probably the turning point was when I went to Japan. Um, That was one of the craziest trips of my life. So before I got to Japan, I was actually riding a motorbike through Vietnam. I kind of bought like a motorcycle and rode from like the bottom of the country all the way to the top, like by myself. And I was like spray painting this little character everywhere, which is like the little Teji icon, mascot, whatever. And I just wanted to go on this crazy trip. Um, I saw one of my biggest influences, Casey Neistat. I don't know if you um, know him, but he kind of did a similar trip through Vietnam with his son. And I was like, bro, I want to go do that. So I went there as soon as I finished high school, did that. Uh, then I went to Hanoi. Everything was closed because it was like Lunar New Year or something like that. So I decided, you know what? Let me just book a flight to Japan. Just randomly, like next day I got on a flight to Japan, flew out to Tokyo. And that's where I um just fell into this crazy world of like characters, um, all these like old vintage video games. Um, I picked up like some old Game Boys there. But the real turning point, I feel like, was when I went to um, two places. One, uh, Murakami's museum. Uh, he's got a place, uh, Zingaro, something. I forgot the name of it. But anyways, I went there and there was actually an exhibition on with some of my favorite artists. They kind of, his name's T-Rex. And I kind of saw like Ian Connor was there, uh, Murakami, Joy Division, like there's tons of people there. And just kind of talking to even T-Rex himself was a crazy experience. Um, and just seeing the world Murakami built and everything he's done. Even I went to his like store. I couldn't afford anything to buy. So it's kind of like a dream to be like, bro, like if I can't, if I can't afford, let me just make my own kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, I feel like that's definitely a big art turning point. And then I also feel like when I went to the uh, Studio Ghibli Museum, uh that's one of like my favorite days that i checked out this museum and uh i was just wandering around so i went there all by myself i kind of had headphones in was in i was like i walked into this like immersive wonderland and it was just like such an eye-opening experience to see the world building they've been able to do and kind of everything they built from that with merchandising and like the fan base they've occurred like built um on the ip and stuff so i think that's definitely a turning point for sure but um, to go back to when I was younger, uh, I feel like I wanted to do this YouTube art stuff, whatever. I couldn't even put put a finger on it, what it is exactly. I still can't, but I just know it's something creating, regardless of it's like artworks, videos, clothing, toys, video games, whatever. I just like creating stuff. But I remember one of the first things I did was actually, um, as you know, you probably played Call of Duty. We all played Call of Duty and I was like, in all these clans in MW2 in those days. And I pretty much um, learned Photoshop from like YouTube tutorials. And I was like a GFX graphic graphic designer back when I was like 12 years old, making like logos for clans and stuff. <laughs> um, and yeah, I think everyone has that kind of origin story. Who's like 
kind of came up in the creative space. Yeah, I've heard some some good stories, and you're not the first person to tell me about yeah. Call of Duty. You know mm. what I'm saying? I feel like you know some yeah, of the OGs bro. remember the mm. all that, mm. and um, mm. now you have you know I feel like a character that mm. you have really ran with, and that's your Blue Bear. Mm. I don't know if there's a name or anything mm. specific for it, but mm. um. You know, what has it been like with that? Like you have been, I would say, good at guerrilla marketing. Um, you're really mm-hmm. good at getting out there, putting it in front of people's faces, um, you know, regardless what you're making. So like, what is the approach that you are taking now with your art? And mm-hmm. what exactly mm-hmm. is it that you're trying to get to the viewer? Mm. I feel like the approach I'm taking is, a different route to most artists because it's so saturated. Um, I feel like everyone's trying to do it and you got to find a way to stand out. And the way I try to stand out um, is by doing things no one else is going to do, like hitchhiking across America, like installing bus posters illegally into like um, bus shelters, like taking like fake products into like Nike stores and doing that. Like, um, huge influence is definitely cause how he kind of took a lot of bus posters and put it in. Um, even Soldier Boy is a huge influence on me. Um, he kind of came up. I don't know if you kind of had LimeWire and FrostWire back in the day. I remember like trying to because we I didn't even buy any music back in the day. Like, my dad used to be like the biggest pirate ever, and he'd like download and pirate all these films and stuff. So he taught me about uh, LimeWire, and I tried to download like just some random songs. And I just remember hearing the classic "you" every time I download a song. So he kind of like hacked that and like reverse engineered like this marketing tactic where if you don't know him, Soldier Boy is like this hip hop artist just for anyone listening who uh, kind of would upload his songs to this illegal music pirating uh, website and he'd rename his song to whatever was in the top 10. So you'd try to download top 10 song, whatever it was, Justin Bieber, Baby, blah, blah, blah. And you get Soldier Boy's classic crank that. So his approach, and I feel like he's also been a pioneer in the internet. He's one of the first internet rappers ever. Um, so he's definitely a big influence. I want to be one of the first kind of Web3 people to kind of push it to the next level. I, I like that. I like that. You touched on a couple mm. things. Uh, LimeWire mm. being one, I definitely remember LimeWire. That was <laughs> that was amazing. Uh, and not only that, the the bus posters was uh, a cool thing to me because I'm a big fan mm. of Cause and what he was able to do with you know his posters mm. in the past was uh, mm. pretty pretty wild. But you know you said something that mm. I definitely want to talk about, and that's the the hitchhiking. So recently mm. you did a thing where you hitchhiked, I believe, from L.A. to New York, and mm. I'm really excited to talk about that um it seemed like it was a success i believe you did make it all the way to new york um just yeah, talk to us did. about how that went for you what it was like for you emotionally mm. physically mm. um it like you said is it's doing things that might have been done but like putting your own twist onto them having your hitchhikers pass um, like you, mm. you made it unique. You made it a way for people mm. to join in with you. So again, just talk mm. us through what it was like, man. Mm. So pretty much just, just go back to, uh, kind of how I make it unique. Cause it's a couple of people have hitchhiked across America. I'm sure people have been doing it for centuries, like not centuries, probably like decades, you know, it's a, it's almost like a rite of passage, you know, crossing across America and, 
uh, I feel like where I am different, I feel like a lot of people different is I'm Australian and I feel like not many Australians have done it before. It's kind of like an American thing. You see a lot of people born in America do it. So I kind of wanted to do it for people in Sydney where I'm from so they can see, oh, wait, I can do that too, you know? Um, but yeah, the whole trip, I kind of wanted to do it because I always wanted to cross America, just do a huge road trip across America. But that is super, super expensive to rent a car, get pay for gas. And honestly, I was just like, you know what? It's not as fun as well. I feel like hitchhiking, it just makes it way more, I don't want to say risky, but it's you're diving into the unknown a lot more with this. And I feel like that's a big thing about my work is exploring the unknown. And just to touch on, sorry to hop around, but the character itself is not a bear, it's an alien. And that's kind of why I chose the alien because it represents the unknown to me. And I always want to like dive into that unknown. I feel like that's where you learn so much stuff. Um, but yeah, the whole trip. So I wanted to do that cross-country American trip. Um, didn't want to splash tens of thousands of dollars on a car, gas, blah, blah, blah. Um so what I did is I had a bit of money um, and I was like, you know what? Fuck it. Let me just book a flight to LA. I asked a few people. I said, hey, do you want to come help me film this documentary? I got no after no after no. My mom was like, oh, you're going to get you're gonna get murdered. Don't go. Don't go. My, my girlfriend's mom was like, oh, please don't do that. You're going to get murdered. This fear around this whole trip was crazy. The fear was crazy. And then I found one person who was keen. And that's my friend Max. He's like a filmmaker from Sydney. He helped me like film the whole thing. So I booked us two flights out to uh, LA and we kind of just went from there. And that was the beginning of the trip. And there's so much crazy stuff on that journey. Um, but yeah, as you said, we had the Hitchhiker's Pass, which was just, I decided I wanted to kind of invite people into my world. Um, we sold about 30 editions of it, which is not crazy, but like the people who did have it did get access to an exclusive Discord channel where I'd post daily video updates and kind of share a bit of more insider access to it. Um, but yeah, there's a few more things I'll touch on, but I'll let you go. So, and that's what I, I found crazy because mm. like I said earlier, with whenever you added the Hitchhiker's Pass, it was a way to have mm. people join the whole thing with you. Now, like you mm. said, there was plenty of, of wild parts. I'm very curious one to know you know what some of these crazy things look like and two mm. talk to us about what you have coming up now that the entire thing is over and you're in your back home yeah so pretty much just to give you an insight so i went on the trip i didn't just do the trip for no reason i wanted to go into it and come out with a documentary in the other end right so i went into the trip that's why i brought max along and that's kind of what I've been working on the past two months since I've been back is just editing. Um, we got eight episodes, eight 20 to 30 minute episodes that are going to be releasing. And uh, I've kind of came up with this cool kind of idea taken from um, something I was inspired by at the Studio Ghibli Museum. Um, so I came up with this concept, uh, time tokens, um, which are pretty much like a moment in time uh, from each episode the most iconic moments. So when we get our first ride, uh, you know, when we get our final ride to New York, like just kind of iconic stuff from each episode. And it's going to be almost like collectible moments from the series. Because I always thought, imagine if you could own your favorite content online or a piece of your favorite movie, you know, that favorite still from your favorite film. 
I kind of wanted to bring that energy into Web3 because, like I said, when I was at the uh, Ghibli Museum, uh, I got shown a short film. When you go on the tour, everyone watches a like 20-minute short film at the end. And it's really cool. When when the film was over, you walk out, they give you a little envelope and inside the envelope is a roll of film and you get four frames from the actual film itself. Um, so you get to keep a piece of the original roll of film, right? Even Even though there's so many like, it's hundreds and hundreds of thousands of frames in a film, but it's just cool knowing, hey, they're my three scenes I own from that film. So I kind of want to bring that energy into this and let people kind of have an opportunity to own a piece of this documentary or this series. Because I think it's very, it's going to be very awesome when it comes out. Um, some crazy stuff in there, which I'll talk, talk on soon. I'll just give people insight into kind of how it's working. Um, but yeah, there's going to be eight episodes, an episode releasing once a week, starting from September 1st. And it's going to be eight weeks of just going crazy with it. Mm. That's going to be nice. Um, that's what uh, mm. that's what I was going to ask next was mm. when we can expect it. So you said September 1st is when we will see the mm. first episode and then it will stretch out mm. to almost the the end of the year. Um, two yeah. months, so September, October. Yeah, November. Um, yeah. Damn, that's damn. Yeah. Yeah, so that'll be a, a cool way not only to like end the year, but like going into like mm. I guess the new years. You know, you have a mm. lot of stuff, man, up your sleeve. So I do want to start mm. with whenever you're dropping these, like are they gonna be mm. on YouTube? They gonna be on Twitter, you dropping it everywhere. Just kind of talk to yeah. us about like what this means to you because it, it's a pretty big project, man. I mean, it took a lot mm. of energy, I would imagine. Mm. I feel like the biggest thing I took from this trip and what it means to me is like the amount of confidence it gives me knowing like I can do anything, bro. If I really have the vision in my head, I can turn that into reality. And I think that's what's given me the most confidence is like, no matter if anyone is fearful, doubtful, I know if I know something, I can do it. And that's kind of, it's really given me this huge boost. It almost feels like I don't know, I'm in a different mode after that trip. And even my friend Max, who came with me, he said he's in that different mode too. Like he feels like because on the trip, uh, I had to deal with so much rejection, so much, so many no's. Because every day I'd be asking like hundreds of people, hey, could I get a ride? I'm trying to get to Ohio. I'm trying to get to uh, Denver. No, after no, after no. And pretty much all all that rejection really taught me like, bro, if you're patient enough, you have enough stamina, you could, you're could you going to get that ride, you know, and that applies to anything. And I feel like that's the energy I bring to every project now. Um, and it's funny, I had this, me and Max had this kind of realization, like no matter how long we waited for each ride, um, if we didn't have to wait that long, we wouldn't have got, you know, a certain person who picked us up and then we wouldn't have done this crazy experience and we wouldn't have done that, you know, and everything kind of played out exactly as it needed to. It played out exactly, I had the right filmer who had the right energy on the trip. Everything happened as it needed to. And that's something I believe in and I have a lot of faith. And that's what the trips taught me. Like, bro, if you just don't lose hope, can't lose. You're right. Like, that's what it means to me. Mm. You're right, 100%. And the thing is, mm. I mean, sometimes it takes uh, getting 100 no's before you get that one mm. yes to, uh, you know, really... Mm. I guess bask in the moment and really know what you have because uh, mm. just to go from LA to New York in a 
in a car in any, just trying to get there, man. It's no easy task. And I know I've said that time and time again, <laughs> mm. but it's truly just mm. like a cool thing to do. And to just even think about mm. that. And like you said, make it a reality, you and your friend, Max, mm. big shout out to him. Mm. Now I know you've said a couple of times that it was crazy. And I want all of y'all <laughs> to know that, um, mm. you know, this is coming out September 1st, uh, his first mm. episode, I believe is, and this will drop mm. a little bit before that. So I do want mm. y'all to be aware of it. Please go check it out. Be sure to check out Teji on um, all social medias. You know I'll tag him. We're not done yet, mm. but um, I want to mm. know what, at least give us one little sample of, of something crazy because you're not even, like you said earlier, you're mm. from Australia. You're not even from the States. So yeah, it, I'm sure it's a little, little crazy over here, but is there at least a little something you can give us before that first episode that you were like, damn, <sighs> this is crazy. You can also to say, too, uh, you can just tell yeah. us to wait as well. No, no, I'll give you some. I'll tease you guys a little bit. But, like, there's a couple things happen. Um, we nearly got arrested. We met Kanye West. What else happened? We oh, – there's so many stories. Gun scares. Um, okay, what I, want, what I want to start with. Maybe we can do – what I want to do. Trying to think of my favorite favorite moment or ah uh, we actually we nearly got um I, I'll talk about one story one of my favorite days actually I was actually ooh, heading to what is it called it's not Ohio oh, what's this what's the state called it's like a do you know the state where it's it's very beautiful um it's kind of just outside of Vegas or Nevada it's the next state over to the right. I know Colorado is over there. Um, no, it's not Colorado. Um, <laughs> Utah. Okay, okay. Okay. So we're going through Utah. Let's paint a picture for you. So we're going through Utah. Me and my friend just woke up in Las Vegas. And yeah, we're trying to get to Utah that day. And pretty much um, that day, we're waiting, we're waiting. That night, we slept on the side of a highway. I don't know if you saw some of the TikTok stuff, but like that was a crazy night. That was that was really insane. But anyways, we slept on the side of a highway. We woke up in Vegas. Uh, and then we were waiting, waiting for ages on the side of the road. There was no truck, no cars, no nothing. And we're like, oh, damn it. We're going to get a ride. And eventually this giant truck just comes out of nowhere, pulls up. And we're like, wait, is this, is this real? We run over. And the guy's like, get in. I'm like, are you serious? He's like, yeah, hop in. And then he lets us both in his truck and this dude... Um, he takes us all the way to uh to Utah. And um, sorry, yeah, all the way to Utah. We go through Arizona and we make it to Utah. But just before we make it to Utah, um, the truck gets pulled into this inspection bay where it's funny because on the whole but it's funny, as we got pulled in, the guy was like, Oh, this happens all the time, man. Like, you know, and we're like, okay, okay, all good, all good. And he's like, We'll go straight through. Because like, they have to like weigh the truck and do like some weird inspection thing. Anyways, we as we go through, he's like, yes, yeah, we, we'll be fine. And then before you know it, we get pulled in by like the police into this bigger inspection thing. And then uh, as we're in there, um, he's starting to get worried a little bit. And then me and my Max are like, okay, what's going on? Are we about to get like in trouble here? And like the police officer comes up uh, to the guy and is like, hey, do you have um, any registration and stuff? Or permission for these guys to be riding in the truck with you because it turns out like hitchhiking with uh truck drivers is illegal and 
you shouldn't really be doing that. Um, so anyways, the guy starts questioning the driver and he's starting to get worked up and worried. And then he pulls him out of the car and me and Max are like, whoa, what is going on? Oh no. And the guy hasn't said anything to us yet. And he takes him into like for questioning in like this office. I mean, Max is sitting in the car like, oh shit, are we going to get like arrested or something? And then we're like, should we just make a run for it? And we're like, nah, let's just, I was just like, nah, let's just wait. I was like, said to him, put the camera down. Let's just chill here. And we just waited in the truck. And then the guy comes back to us and the truck driver's still in the office. And he says to us, hey boys, you were right in there? And we're like, yeah, what? And he's like, are you sure? He's not keeping you like uh, captive in there, right? And we're like, what? No, 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 we're all good. We're all good. Don't worry. So it turns out the uh, police officer thought we'll be in like sex traffic through some country. Oh, It was crazy. And then and then, um, what happened after that? And then eventually the guy comes back. He's kind of like half smiling. And he hops back in the car and he was saying, yeah, I just told him you guys are my cousin. Um, but I don't think, I don't think the uh, police officer really believed him and pretty much what happened was, uh, he had to get permission from his boss. He called up and like had to admit what happened. Like, Oh, he let these guys in blah, blah, blah. So I think his boss kind of saved us, but I think he was in a little bit of trouble from his boss. Um, so his boss did it like a dodgy and kind of worked it out for us and worked up some permission thing. But that was kind of, that was kind of crazy. That moment we thought we're going to get arrested, but we made it out out clear in the clear, and that was one of my favorite days of the whole trip. Damn. Um, but yeah, there's just so much stuff I want to talk about. But like, just I don't want to like spoil a lot of surprises. Like, just the way even it ends, bro. I don't know. I just had this vision in my head the whole time, and I just like I even had songs I had in my head I wanted to edit the video to, and I'm just like, it just came together so perfectly how I envisioned it, and it felt so satisfying seeing that kind of result and even like on the last drive to new york like we we just landed our last ride to new york and i'm just like damn bro it's really happening and i just put in my headphones i was looking out the window and i'm playing like empire state of mind just looking out just waiting to get to like the city i'm just like damn bro this is crazy and it just was such a surreal moment actually making it to new york and it's been like damn we really did that bro mm. damn Damn, no, that's, I mean, yeah, don't tell us anymore because I do want people to be tuning in every week to, to catch these videos and see mm. everything that you have going on. But that right there mm. is crazy. I knew that hitchhiking was um, a little bit illegal, um, but it's, uh, mm. you know, it's a little fun. You know, things have happened in the past mm. to where I guess they, they just want people to be safe. But yeah, 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 I yeah it. man. There's definitely a huge issue with that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And mm. it's, I can only imagine how, like, the experience, the adrenaline, like, getting these rides. Mm. Um, but, Teji, I mean, you've done it. You you completed it. Um, mm. So, whenever you drop this, like, do you have, I know this is going to be wild to ask, but, like, mm -hmm. do you have anything else planned after this? Or is this what you've been working on for the last, you know, however long? Well, the thing with me, um, I don't know. Some people try to tell me I have ADHD or something. I don't think so. But I have to be working on like five things at once. Um, so I've actually got like another two projects kind of that have been completed already. And I'm already planning some next trips that I want to go on. And I'll just give you like a little hint just on the video. Um, something to do with one of these guys. Oh, okay. Um. But yeah, like there's lots of clothes, there's other stuff as well. But 
I, I just love working on multiple things at once. Um, I'm always consistently designing, coming up with new ideas and sampling clothes and new items. I can show you like something cool I made recently. Um, Ooh, let's see this. Oh, shit. I just dropped a book. Hold on. So like I recently made this, uh, it's like a mohair sweater. I don't know if you know what mohair is. It's kind of like this fluffy. Yes, sir. Kind of like material. And it, uh, I kind of drew this up and got it turned into like a crazy knitted sweater. I did release other ones, but this is like a new kind of like almost like a graffiti kind of. That's really nice. So for the listeners, y'all can't see it, but he's holding up a very beautiful mohair sweater that he has designed. And it is very, very nice. I like that. So are, can we expect to see that? Like, go ahead and put it on if you want to. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're good. Um, it's I'm, like so warm, bro. It's damn, cool. that looks really good. That looks really, really yeah, nice. Like, I like the color. I like like the design on it. It's not too bold to where it's like taken away from the sweatshirt. I like it a lot, man. I like so, it a lot. Sorry, I didn't hear what you're saying, but I, I think I kind of heard something about the design with this one. Um, a lot of my designs are very bright and vibrant. Like I even got these stamps. I'm showing you all this old stuff. These like some really bright Teji fluoro pink like pants with puff printed stuff. Like a lot of my early designs um, are very bright and vibrant. Um, and a lot for a lot of people, most people, I feel like that's very hard to wear. Um, it's very kind of loud and out there. So I kind of want to design something a bit more toned down with this. Like I used a bit more like, uh, you know, more past, not pastel. I don't know if you call that pastel, but like more muted colors. And I feel like it's easier for like someone to wear. Um, but I'm just obsessed with branding. And I feel like, I know similar, I don't know if you know the designer Heron Preston, he kind of uses this um, orange. He Well, he used to use this orange in a lot of his early designs, like all the way out there, like very bright on a lot of things. And then now, because he's established that brand image, he all he has to do is put one pop of that orange, you know, it's a Heron Preston piece. That's kind of is the goal with this is like, have it become so well known. I only have to do a pop of pink or the blue or the character. And you just know it's related to kind of something I've done, you know, and it's right now in the early informative years, like I kind of have to be a bit more loud and out there to bring people in and then and kind of mute, turn it down, mute it, and then kind of onboard more people. But yeah. hundred percent. hundred percent. No, um, yeah. I was mm. a big Heron mm. Preston fan, uh, early days with mm. like him and Taz, mm. Don C, Virgil, and all them good good creators from the, mm. the early days. But, um, you mm. know, you, I would say that that whole idea and thought process of going behind it, I think it's very smart because that right there, the sweater mm. that you're showing me, looks a lot more mm. presentable and easier to wear. Mm. Even though both mm. products look great, that one definitely mm. looks like something I can go out and not feel like I'm standing out. Or if I just want to be some subtle or something, I can I can pop exactly. out in that hoodie. Now I do want to exactly that go ahead. Mm. No, you go, you go, you go. So I do want to ask you before we pop over to the five questions mm. and um reach the end. You did mm. recently make a, a sweatshirt that you did a drop of, a small drop. Mm. I wanted to quickly mm. talk to you about that and what it was like for you whenever you're doing these clothing drops and overall how that went for you. That went pretty good. I actually had a few people pre-order that. Um, we're pretty much halfway sold out on that. But also one thing I noted is like, like I said before, the design itself is pretty bright and vibrant and out there. And like, like I said, for a lot of people, 
it's it can be hard to wear with other things. Mm-hmm. And I feel like when people nowadays are making purchases, um, I love these conversations. I always have them with my designer friends and stuff. But like nowadays, we're kind of in like a recession almost. I don't know if it's official yet, but like people don't really want to spend money on clothes unless it's um something they can wear consistently. So I noticed a lot of people buying accessories and stuff you can kind of use on like an everyday basis, you know? So something like a sweater is a bit harder to sell, especially kind of the way I've designed it. So I've taken a lot of lessons from that, but it was actually very awesome to see like the support. And I still can't believe people buy the stuff that I make. Like it feels like, wait, what? Like, I designed that in my computer and you want to wear that? Like that's the craziest thing to me. And I feel like even me realizing like, wait, you actually are a good designer. Wait, you actually know what you're doing you know like i feel like a lot of it was like self-doubt there's been a lot of self-doubt but then actually like realizing wait you actually are very talented you know kind of how to do cool shit how to make stuff and i feel like before i just i don't know i don't say too humble but like before i wasn't as confident with what i was doing but now i'm like you know stick sticking my chest out like bro like i can do this shit you know like hmm to get that confidence, man. I love to hear mm, it. And and mm, sometimes that's mm. all you need, man. Sometimes you just got to get out there and do it. Kind of like the the backpacking across the states, man. It's it mm. really shows you that anything can be done, especially if you put your mind to it. Um, mm. Teji, it's it's been dope, man. We've been going for a little bit mm. over half an hour. And before I jump mm. over to the five questions, I always like to ask: mm. Is there anything that um I I didn't ask you, or anything that you wanted to speak on that uh, I didn't give you the opportunity to? No, I think, I think that's good. I think that's good. I'm keen for your five questions. Hell yeah. Um, the five questions are pretty simple, man. You answer them however you want, generally, as an artist, as yep. just yourself. But um, number mm. one is, what is your goal in 2023? My goal in 2023, um, probably... Sorry, just fixing up my headphones. Probably to wrap up everything um, nicely, put this finish on a high, put the rest of the series out, um, release one other project i got to shoot a big advertisement for. Um, I feel like I kind of want to just lay the foundations for 2024. I think 2024 is going to be a huge year. I got a, I got a really good feeling about that. Um, but yeah, with goals, I'm very careful on what I say as well because I feel like as soon as I say something, it's almost like I'm make, making a contract with myself. Um, but like, it's funny, a funny story for you. Not funny, but like, I remember like a few years ago, um, I, what did I do? I, I can't, I do all this like funny, weird stuff all the time. So like I signed a deal with God almost, I read up like this whole agreement with like God and like signed it. And I was like on a piece of paper, like, what did I even, I might even better read it. What did I say? Anyway, it's pretty much saying something like, I, Jeb Williams, sign my name, will not lose hope. I know everything is working out as it needs to. Everything will happen exactly as it has to. And it's just this agreement I made with myself and like the world around me, like, bro, not don't lose faith in what you're doing. Keep doing it. And things are going to work out exactly as it has to. I feel like that's something that's been big with me is, um, with this manifesting stuff. And I feel like it is possible. And I feel like I'm on a long journey ahead, but it's still early days and I'm very excited for what's to come. Now we got some big things ahead, man. I, I'm, I mm. too believe that 2024 is going to be a 
big year for everyone, and uh, especially those mm. that have been sticking around and really grinding it out. Um, mm. Number two would be if you could live anywhere in the world, where would it be? Well, I'd have a place in New York and Tokyo, and I'd just fly in between those two places. I feel like that they're my two favorite cities I've been to so far. Um, but yeah, I feel like just the energy in New York. I've been there a couple of times and making it. Um, Burrito Dale. I was actually made it obviously there at the end of the hitchhiking trip. And I caught up with uh, Noel, Alex, uh, Joe, who else was, was, was there? A couple other people. Um, and that was so sick. I just love the energy there. And everyone there is so supportive and they're all on their grind, you know, and everyone's willing to help out. Even I went to one of the galleries in New York that clay works out and if you know clay benskin i think his name is um and like he's offering his gallery to like alex to help out with shows and everyone's trying to help each other you know and compared to where i'm from it's a lot different um a lot more opportunity over there and yeah i think that's definitely my two places for sure no that's a good answer i feel like i've gotten new york a lot and um i've always wanted to go Mm. to tokyo japan i've always wanted to visit Mm. over there New York, I'm not too fond of. I've always had bad experience, but it is <laughs> it is the honeypot for for networking mm. and uh, everything you need to do, especially design, clothing, art. Um, but, it's a great place. But that's a but that's the thing. I feel like everyone is in New York. So how, how are you going to stand out if everyone's in New York? If everyone's taking the same street photography photos in New York, like where are you different? If everyone's making the same art inspired by the same parties in New York, where are you different? Like I feel like where I stand out is because I'm from Sydney, Australia. That's a completely different place. Like not many people even know much about Australia. And I feel like that Australia is so untapped and no one really knows what's going on down here. And the creative scene here is crazy. And I feel like one thing I've been talking to a lot of my friends about in Sydney is that instead of moving to a great city, I want to make my city great. I want to bring people here. You know, I want to show people, yo, my city is fucking great. You should come here. You know, and a lot of people in Sydney leave the city, you know, um, to go to America, blah, blah, blah. And they don't come back, you know, they kind of leave their country. But I feel like I, I love where I'm from. And even going to America showed me how lucky I am because I literally live like two-minute walk from the beach. I walk out of my house, walk down the street, the beach right there. And like even like with the healthcare here is crazy. We get free healthcare. You guys, like you get one injury, you break your arm and you can screw some people, you know, and that's sad. And I, I actually, one of the things from the hitchhiking trip I saw was like, the inequality is crazy, bro. Like I was in Denver and like we're just at a fast food place and there was cars on cars on cars of just homeless people in the car park. It was like a girl my age with a dog, her car was like smashed in. And just seeing this stuff firsthand was just so like, damn, bro, there's really inequality out there and it's so sad to see. But it's also like, unfortunately, it's very humbling and it makes you very grateful because you, you don't want to see that in the world, but it can make you feel more grateful for what you have, you know? Um, but I feel like, yeah, it's just very eye-opening. And I just am so grateful to be born where I'm from, have the family that I have, and been taught the things I have from my parents. And yeah, no, that's, very grateful. That's a beautiful thing, man. And that's what, you know, mm. I'm, I'm in the States, but even being in Kentucky, it's like, you know, I have the same mindset of like, I don't want to go somewhere where everyone is. I'm going to make where I am mm. great, like you said. Mm. And uh, I think that's mm. a very good way to go about it. Um, mm. But but your answer was very beautiful, brother. Um, number three mm. would be, what is your biggest pet peeve? Biggest pet peeve? Probably 
honestly, probably people who judge other people without knowing their full story. If I'm with a friend or with anyone and they're kind of talking shit about someone on the side of the road or they're talking shit about someone, you see it a lot in Australia. Um, say if someone's putting themselves out there, putting it, like posting YouTube videos, posting TikToks of them dancing or whatever. Um, if I see people kind of like talking shit about that or like it's, it's kind of like high school mentality, you know, like kind of clicking up and like making fun of people for doing something different. That's something that kind of rubs me the wrong way. But I also get that it comes from a place of ignorance as well. Um, but yeah, because one thing that I actually had to deal with when I was kind of on this journey is as I put out some of my first kind of YouTube videos, early ones or whatever, um, it's weird. I feel like I lost like a lot of friends doing that. I don't know. People started looking at me differently. Oh, like he's he's trying to do stuff. Like what the fuck? And like I got stopped getting invited to like a lot of parties and all this other stuff kind of, and I was just like, you know what, whatever, like I'm just keep doing my thing and the right people come into my life. And I've kind of met so many more people who are much more like-minded, like yourself, like everyone in Web3. And I feel like people, you attract what you are, you know, and I feel like it's, yeah, I just kind of want to change my circle to kind of change my environment a little bit. No, mm. I, that's a, it's a really mature thing to do whenever, you know, I've even been in similar situations where like, you know, just being yourself, people are like, oh, that's not cool. And it's like, I mean, it definitely mm. is the cool thing to to be yourself because uh, that's not hurting nobody. Mm. If, if you like collecting Pokemon cards and collect the mm. collect the hell out of some Pokemon cards, if you want. Exactly, bro. You know, it, it's not exactly. hurting nobody. It's just what you find enjoyment in. So I definitely mm. agree there, man. It's 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 mm. definitely been something I've faced as well. But um, mm. hopefully, yeah, more people just have the mindset of being more like accepting and like people can mm. do anything, man. You don't always have to follow the leader mm. and do, I guess, what's most mm. popular. But um, number, I think, go ahead. I think that's a big, I, I think that's the biggest thing my mom probably taught me is like, don't judge anyone, you know, like accept everyone as they are, you know, like you never know what's going on behind closed doors. You never know what they're going through, what they've been through. And I feel like that's one of the biggest lessons I've learned is like, you don't know anything about anyone, you know, you don't know the full story. So just give everyone kind of some grace there and give them some leeway, you know, and so that's kind of something. And definitely treat people how you would want to be treated. I know we've all heard exactly. that tons and tons, but it's a true thing, man. If you wouldn't want someone, you know, judging you or, or speaking down on you, then I probably wouldn't do it to someone else. Um, but that's yeah, exactly. a that's a very great point. Number four would be what do mm. people misunderstand about you most? Misunderstand about me. Um, I feel like one thing people misunderstand, good example for you. Um, last night at dinner, I was at my girlfriend's place. Um and because I'm actually um my father's Aboriginal. He's like Aboriginal Australian. I'm not sure if you know kind of what the deal with that is it's kind of like the native australians and like traditionally they're like very dark skinned you know mm. so one thing i've been dealing with my whole life is like people would question my identity like oh you're not aboriginal you're white you know what i mean and like that's what my girlfriend's mom was saying to me like the other night and i feel like that's something i've had to deal with my whole life is people questioning who i am and that's something i did like kind of like know myself, you know, don't listen to what they're saying. Don't let them try to tell you who you are um, because yeah, everyone's trying to be like, it's weird because I'd have it from both sides because like when I go see my cousins and stuff, they're all like dark as and I'm just like the one like kind of 
fair-skinned kind of kid um, out of all my family. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I think that's definitely been a big thing people misunderstood. Um, but there's a few things, yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm. Um, yeah, it's, mm. I feel like that question there is always like a, a good insight into, you know, what people are facing or mm. what people have, have heard. Mm. Um, number five is a little bit more fun, a little easier. Um, but to top it off, mm. it's if you won $10 million tomorrow, what would you go and do with it? Bro, I feel like winning $10 million would be the worst thing to happen to my life. Um, I feel like that would ruin everything. And I feel like getting that happen, having that happen straight away would kind of uh, it would mess up a lot of things. When money comes in the equation, relationships get messed up, friends start getting weird, people start heating you up out of nowhere. Um, whereas, if it's a more gradual thing, you can make an easier transition. And a lot of people you hear the stories about, like people who become millionaires or whatever, overnight, or win the lotto, they become depressed. They don't have anything to look forward to. Um, but yeah, obviously, like, funding is awesome. And if I got more funding, I'll just put into more projects, you know? Realistically, I'd probably build more, like, expand my studio I just moved into, um, bring in more people and members of my team, travel more, make more content. And it's kind of what I'm already doing. And I feel like I'm already living the life I want to be living. Um, and it just levels to it. And I feel like, um, yeah. I, I like that answer a lot because you make a great point. Um, there is a lot of confusion that comes with a large sum of money like that. Um, you never know mm. people's true intentions. And things mm. can, and I would imagine, do get very blurry for, for many people. Mm. Um, but, mm. you know, it, the, the chance that you do win it to have that peace of mind of helping yourself with a team, studio and, and mm. stuff like that that's that's a usual answer mm. and uh it's a good answer i agree um mm. but with all that being said teji that um is the five questions that is mm. the end of the podcast you absolutely killed it mm. brother and this is the part where i tell you that the floor is all yours if you have anything to say before we head out of here man uh by all means hmm anything i want to say um, all I'd probably say is I like, look forward to putting out the series. I'm so excited to share that with the world. Um, it's probably my favorite holiday slash trip adventure I've ever been on. And I feel like this is just marks a good point. Almost like the start of like way more adventures to come, way more fun things. Um, I got some crazier ideas kind of planned. I don't really want to say publicly yet, but I'm very excited to uh, kind of venture into the world. Mm. Oh yeah, man. I'm excited for mm. you. I'm excited to see everything that you're doing. You've been a, a great part of Web3. Mm. You've been a great friend. And it's just been fun mm. seeing you do this journey and, and create everything. So uh, I just want to say mm. thank you so much for coming on here, man. It was truly an honor to learn about what you're doing. And for everyone listening, please check out Teji on all social media. Definitely check out um, his Twitter so you could be watching mm. where to see those videos on September 1st. And, and coming up and uh, don't forget to check out sit down with sniper.com and uh, yeah I just thank y'all so much be on the lookout for the upcoming guest we have some crazy people coming on so once again I thank y'all and we will be seeing y'all next week peace out everybody <laughs>